Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guest tonight's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 20-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y music.net, also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, and most other places you get music online. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. If you got an extra buck or two you would mind tossing in the podcast tip jar, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Starry Music Podcast. Also considering helping get the word out on the street via social media, five-star rating interview, and or tell a friend or two. Happy Thought of the Day is by Vince Gill. Success is always temporary. When all is said and done, the only thing you'll have left is your character. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Mark Stare Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 280. Please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distilleries, ID Chrysler, Zombroda, and the BDL Club. Also, thanks to the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. Wishing Phil from the popular Cumberland, Wisconsin area band, Paizan, a speedy recovery after a fire accident and injury. For more information on how you can help, go to Paizan and the Family Brass Facebook page. Thank you. Last week's Geeks Wrap-Up. Wednesday played at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Rough roads made for a pretty slow evening, but good to see Oz there. Thursday played at Beto Club in St. Paul slash Roseville, Minnesota. Great to see Ken and Cindy at the show. It's been forever. Friday played at Ingredients in Wiper Lake, Minnesota. Played the show three hours straight through. Saturday played at Vanelli's in Forest Lake, Minnesota. Great to see Choo Chow, Lavini, and Heike. And happy Chili Cook-Off 2021. Upcoming shows. Wednesday, February 24th, 2021, I'll be playing at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Thursday, February 25th, I'll be playing at B-Dell Club in Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota from 6 to 9 p.m. Friday, February 26th, I'll be playing at Carmine's in Woodbury from 6 to 9 p.m. Saturday, February 27th, I'll be playing at Hacks Pub in Milltown, Wisconsin from 8 to 11 p.m. One of two with Nashville singer, songwriter, and fiddle player Natalie Murphy. We talk animals, songwriting, and fiddle influences, pitching songs to publishing companies, and more. Enjoy the conversation. Miss Natalie Murphy, welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. How are you doing today, there, Natalie? I'm doing good, Mark. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's good to see you again. You as well. And um, I don't know how it's up there, but it's awfully cold down here today. It almost feels like home. Yes, it is. When I woke up this morning, it was negative 14. And I think we're like on an 11-day um, just deep freeze here. It really oh, sucks. God. And hello from your dogs I hear right there. 
Yeah, we have an, an old dog that's very protective of the house. And so when people are going in outside, especially shoveling the walk, they, they're not used to that. So they'll, um, you know, in the South, we don't have much snow. So when, when they hear the, the walk being shoveled, they'll start barking. <laughs> nice. That's probably the worst thing about the cold, in my view, is not being able to take my dog hiking in the woods and things like that or else have to put boots on her or whatever. Um, so that's the worst thing for me about the deep freeze. Uh, but yeah. it's supposed to be better tomorrow. So what's what's your dog's that, name? Okay, so we have um, actually four dogs. Okay, so we live in the country <laughs> and we live on a little horse farm. So we have tons of tons of animals. Um, but our dogs are Henry, Hank, Waylon, and Harry. Outstanding. Yeah, and Harry is actually hairless. He is the newest addition to our family, and he is an American hairless terrier which means that he is absolutely hairless. He just has a little bit of peach fuzz, and he's about 25 pounds. I've never heard of a hairless dog. Where did you get that dog? Uh, one of my closest friends um, is a breeder of those dogs, and she has like one litter a year. And she actually has them in 32 countries, I think, around the world. Okay. And she's super selective. She shows them. She's like really into them. And I, you know, I've always had big rescue dogs, farm dogs, and I fell in love with a hairless puppy. So it happens. Love happens. That's awesome. That's very awesome. So are you still into the horses and stuff, I assume, then? Absolutely. Yep. Kind of my, um, my life has always been like these, these two things, it's music and horses. And I have, we have, my husband and I have three horses here now. Um, and I had one that I actually moved to Nashville with from Minnesota. Um, and he's my old jumping horse. And then I have another, um, younger one. So, yeah. Wow. And so where are you originally from where you'd be exposed to all the horses and all that kind of stuff? I was born and raised in Minneapolis proper. So it's kind of, I was the black sheep of the family a little bit. You know, I think nobody really knew where my love for horses came from. Uh, the same way that I grew, grew up in a classical music family, and I really wanted to play the fiddle. So um, I kind of found my way to country music in, in an unorthodox way. So were your parents were musicians as well then? Um, of sorts, yes. My dad was actually a trombone player in the Navy band. So oh, he is, was. Yeah, that's nice. That's awesome. Yeah, which is quite the gig, you know. I've heard that it's he's really humble and doesn't talk about it much. Whenever I was a kid, I would try to get him to bring out his trombone, and he he rarely complied. But um, I mean, that's a really hard gig to get. And my mom came from a musical family. Um, my uncle was a pipe organ professor, and he studied in Germany on Bach's pipe organ. So whenever I said that I like, it was a really serious classical family. And so I spent a lot of hours in a practice room when I was a little kid. And um, whenever I said that I wanted to start writing my own songs and improvising, I think that they looked at me like I had, you know, a third eye. They're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It is what it is. (laughs) Yes. When I was young, my mother got, was really into classical as well. And I remember she was playing me all these cassette tapes about Mozart and Bach and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
I don't know, but with the music school when I took piano lessons and band stuff, one thing I think I missed out on was is like the jam aspect of things. It was all just sure. reading the music. I had no idea what it meant, how the stuff all went together. It took me later in life, like bar, the bar school, learning how to jam with people and things like that. Did you feel that way as well, or did you get that theory early? Come try the selection of Italian-inspired artisan meats and cheeses featured on the Antipasto platter at 45th Parallel, plus the classic Cosmo Crush, which features lemoncello, orange cello, and Midwest vodka. 45th Parallel is a family-owned craft distillery in New Richmond, Wisconsin. They opened the doors in 2007, went from making a single vodka to producing dozens of different spirits, including gins, whiskeys, and citrus liqueurs. 45th Parallel distillers are committed to a slow craft philosophy, slow fermentation, slow infusion, slow distillation, slow blending, slow aging. Their mission is to create high-quality spirits using local ingredients whenever possible and to provide visitors with a great experience. Stop in and check them out at 1570 Madison Avenue in Richmond, Wisconsin. Check out 45thparalleldistillery.com for hours and more information. So when you're looking for quality alcoholic beverage to enjoy while listening to your favorite local musicians, try a 45th Parallel Distillery product. You won't be disappointed. Please drink responsibly. Um, when I learned to improvise... It wasn't because of anything other than it was. Uh, it wasn't due to the theory knowledge. It was due to the fact that I I started playing violin really young. Uh, I did Suzuki method, which is ear based. So I just was comfortable enough on that instrument where I knew stuff where where the notes were, and I played in this band with um. It was called the Abdomen in Minnesota, and it was with my friends in middle school, and we would just have so much fun jamming that I just loved it. And, and for whatever reason, I found that to be much more natural to me than the classical stuff. I enjoyed it so much that I just went for it. You know, can you still read music? Yeah. Yep. So Minnesota has the most incredible program for young, for young musicians that are in orchestra. They have the Minnesota youth symphonies as well as uh, greater twin cities, youth symphonies as well. And you get to perform at the, um, the concert hall in Minneapolis, it's at orchestra hall. And so I grew up just being spoiled getting to play concerts there with, with that youth organization. So after 16 or whatever years of that, I don't think I could forget how to read music if I tried. That is hilarious. I think I have forgotten how to read music from back in the day, but doing my thing, I don't need it as much. So what, what keeps you like on the fiddle or violin do you prefer violin or fiddle? What do you call it? You know, I just say fiddle because if I say violin, they say, what orchestra do you play in? Okay, if I say so, fiddle, they say band. <laughs> so, like, as a fiddle player, do you practice all the time new scales and things like that? Or, or how do you, like, what keeps you sharp fiddle playing? Or do you have, like, the country scale down and that's good enough? Or what do you do? Oh, I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit this, Mark, but I very rarely practice my fiddle. I, the, at this, at this point in my career, I practice my songwriting more than anything. I wish I practiced the fiddle more. I wish I was more motivated to practice the fiddle. Um, I'm just not, you know, I play it, I play gigs and I kind of come home and I put it away. I always have a guitar out. I always want to write songs. I always want to work at that, hone that craft. I just don't practice my fiddle as much as I should. I know how that I know how that goes too because I play harmonica and guitar, and sometimes it's like I just have to put it away for a while, and then yeah. when you find it, you rediscover it or whatever. Here's some new artist that plays it, and you want to learn a lick or something like that. Um, I totally get how that goes. Um, totally. Who would you say? 
would be like your top influence fiddle players? Oh gosh. Okay, so I listen to more from from a fiddle playing standpoint. I listen to more lead guitar players. I love I love people that whose guitar solos you can um, you can sing back, like Keith Urban. I love that style of lead guitar playing. Um, I love Vince Gill. I think he's such a tasty player. Um, but fiddle player wise, there are some people that are currently in the scene that are just fantastic. Like, um, there's a session player here in Nashville that's super hot right now. And she's a good friend of ours. And her name is Janae Fleener. And she was, I think she she won the CMA Musician of the Year, but she's so humble and just a brilliant player. And she does, I mean, she practices even when she gets off sessions and that's all she's ever wanted to do is be a session player. And she is killing it right now. And it's so inspiring. That's great. Get ready for spring with the new 2021 Ram 1500 Warlock 4x4 from ID Chrysler Zombroda. Find your new truck today. God knows that I love my black Jeep Cherokee I got from ID Chrysler. With 250,000 miles, my old car was just too much for the poor thing to take. I found myself looking for my new dream ride at ID Chrysler, and the staff come in more help with me choosing a vehicle and willing to work with my, as I call it, musician's credit score. Their philosophy is simple, time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out their inventory at ZombrodaCDJR.com or to the beautiful drive down US 52 to 1900 Roscoe Avenue, Zombroda, Minnesota, to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Friday, 8 to 6 p.m. and Saturday night. 9 to 5 p.m. closed on Sundays. Check out ID Chrysler's Umbrota today and enjoy a safe winter season full of adventures and memories out in the open road in a new ride. So when did you start picking up the guitar and doing the songwriting thing? I started writing songs when I was 12, and I really hope that no one ever uncovers those songs. But um, it was, I was, yeah, I was, um, it's probably looking back now and just putting pieces together. Basically, as start as I as, as soon as I started getting um, some hormones going, the songwriting was a natural progression. <laughs> and who were your favorite songwriters as you were picking up the songwriting thing? Early on, I had a lot of influences. Right about that time, Avril Lavigne was huge. She had that song. Why you have to go and make things so complicated? Do you remember that? Of course. <laughs> Tell me I just came from the gym. I think they played it there at the gym. Yes. I'm glad to see that it's still in rotation. Um, <laughs> But artists like that that um, wrote music that I related to because the classical stuff at that time that I was practicing, I didn't feel as much as I did these lyrics of these, you know, women and, and men. And I listened. I loved the Wallflowers early on and I loved Shania and I loved I already mentioned Vince Gill, you know, 
Um, yeah, those were kind of some of my early ones, but it, 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 it definitely was genre. It was not genre specific. It just was words that really, and melodies that related to me. I was inspired by, you know, I haven't heard of the wallflowers in years. I used to love the wallflowers, but this little gimmick beard, I grew originally to look like Jacob Dylan for God's <laughs> sake. Yes. Yes. I love it. Oh, man. So when you write your songs, do you go down to the Bluebird or something? And do you get to play out and about? Do you go to like songwriting shows and things like that? I do sometimes. And there's, you know, and and obviously during the pandemic, it's been completely different. Um, I am part of a show oftentimes called Backstage Nashville. And it's like a hit songwriter show. So they have three big songwriters that have a ton of cuts. And then they'll have like an up and coming or like a new artist like me play. And so I, and sometimes I host the show as well. Um, so that's really fun. Um, and, and there are a bunch of other songwriting shows that around town that are really great too, but, but that, that's a really special one. It's very different. And, um, and it's kind of like a backstage look at it. They have like couches set up and it's super vibey and comfortable. So. Wow. Um, do you, are you trying, do you work for a publishing company that you pitch songs to? I don't currently. And that's some, an avenue I've never pursued until this year. Just actually, I just went into the studio last week and I cut six new songs for the purpose of being demos to, to, uh, to bring to publishing companies because I just love writing songs so much. I love writing songs. I love songs in general. I love the, the science of what makes a hit, you know, I'm just so enamored with it and with songwriters. And and that's my favorite part of the business. What are publishers looking for nowadays when I was doing it and I would play at like these showcases uh, and seminars and workshops, the Bluebird and things like that, they would crab every time I had a song like recorded how I liked it. They're like, we just want to hear a guitar vocal. So how do you present your songs to publishers? Well, I think that it's like any other sort of marketing scheme. If you're going to present something, you have to know what's current and not the stuff that's on the radio. You know, this is have to be kind of forward thinking. So so our method, and I don't know if it works yet because I haven't taken any meetings yet, but was to, I, I called one of my friends that's playing on all the sessions right now. His name is Tim Galloway, and he's an incredible guitar player. And um, he's in there recording master records, but also he's in the studio every single day right now recording on records that are, you know, on, on publishing demos for some of the biggest songwriters. And so I asked him if he would produce six songs on me for that purpose. And he said yes. So we got together with another friend of mine who's an engineer here. And um, the three of us did some pre-production. And we kind of took, we wanted to get a sound together that's a little ahead of the curve, you know. So we said, all right, let's take this batch of songs and let's make them fresh. What guitar sounds are new and different right now? What are you hearing? And and it was really fun because we were able to be creative, but also try to kind of put our own little spin on the marketing thing, you know. So like, it's no different than I think that if you were a marketing person saying, hey, I want to have a hit TikTok video, what's working? And then how can we fit into it? 
I want to tell you about one of my favorite bars in the Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota area. The B Dale Club, located on the corner of Cowden Road B. And Dale's motto is a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun. And that is a fact. The food at T-Bird's Cafe and Takeaway is out of this world. Had a blast at the 5th Annual Winter Bocce at the B-Dale on Sunday. Perfect weather. The hot Dago sandwiches were great. And my team even won a game this year. Rob, Emily, Natalie, Kate, Shelley, and the entire bar staff were all state-of-the-art cocktail artists. I've been told that we've been talked about one of these podcast ads, the Waller's Woodhill Cocktails. I sell them like hotcakes. Karaoke, live music, pool table, pool tabs, bingo nights, bocce ball tournaments, and much, much more. B-Dale's got it all. Stop by for a cold one soon. What, does that make sense? Yes, it does. What instruments are do you think will be hot or what kind of sound will be hot you think coming up? I'm not as up on my current country as I used to be, but there used to be like, oh, the Capitol Records sound. It was all four on the floor, Keith Urban yeah. kind of thing. And then they had the guitar banjo thing. And, and I just had Isaac Levy on the show, who's the son of Noah Levy and and uh, and Adam Levy. He does all, he's been working with a lot of uh, country artists and he said it's real like like 80s rock kind of heavy or heavy guitar heavy. So what do you yeah. think Project will be the next kind of Nashville sound? Um, first of all, I listened to Isaac's interview and I really liked it. So Isaac, I followed you this morning on Instagram. Nice to meet you. Nice. I did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I agree that there's a lot of 80s influence right now. Um, but the other thing that's just really prevalent is is just cool synth stuff. I always make the joke that country is a few years behind pop. Um, and in this instance, I feel like that's such a good thing because pop is so melodic right now and so musical. And so I'm excited for some of that, you know, a little bit more of that um, out of the box melodic influence to kind of weave its way into country again. And um, so we have some cool 80s synth stuff. And man, I, I just feel like piano players are geniuses. I agree. I wish I oh. <laughs> Yeah, I could play the freaking, what's that? Taps or whatever that song as a kid during piano yes. lessons, but that's hey, about it. That's more than me. <laughs> I can play the only song that I can play. I can. I mean, I write a little on the piano, but that's it. It doesn't. That doesn't even count. So, are these new songs? Are they all co-writes? And who do you like? Do you have your favorite people to write with? Are you fussy about who you write with, or how do you go about doing your songwriting? Oh, I love that question because I love my co-writing friends. Um. I, I do have my favorites and it's kind of all over the map. It's just like chemistry or, or friendship for me. Um, if there's someone that you just feel really comfortable with and being creative or you feel really creative with, and also if they have a different skill than you, those are kind of the traits that make it work for me. So Brian Palais is one of mine. He's actually a guitar player. He's back in Minnesota now. He lived, lived here for a few years. And um, I've written most a ton of songs with him. And um, he's an incredible guitar player and lyricist. And um, Rose Falcon, who she's an incredible artist in her own right. And she she's married to Rodney Atkins. She and I wrote one of the songs together. We've been writing together forever. Um, who else is on this record? I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, so I, I won't even go into that, but I definitely have my favorites and those are two of them. 
when you have a songwriting session, what do people expect? Like, do you have, um, like, do you like? Are you a lyrics person? Are you a chord progression person? Are you the the idea part, the hook person, or how do you go about that? Well, it's. I always say for me, I think it's hard. I always try to go to a co-write prepared. First of all, I never go into a co-write without a couple of hook ideas as well as you know melodies or thoughts around them, because <clears throat> when I first moved to town, I'm sure there was more than one co-write that I just showed up to thinking, oh, we'll come up with something great, and then I, I felt you know, especially if you're in there with a big writer and their time is limited and you just show up you know, with nothing. I mean, there's nothing worse. So I always try to put the time in no matter who I'm writing with to show up prepared. Um, so I'm always stockpiling ideas in my phone. And for me, it's really hard to start a song without a lyrical hook. That's what kind of pens it in. It's like writing an English paper with, as soon as you have that thesis, you're good. You know, that's just kind of the way my brain works. I can always come up with melodies. You can always tweak the chords. But I, you know, a songwriter told me early on here, a song is only as good as the idea and you only have so many ideas, you know? So, so that's where it all comes from for me. When I, I, I hear that and I agree with that when I was doing all that stuff as well, when I was going through these workshops, I was surprised how little emphasis they put on like the catchiness or like the core progressions of a song. And I, I think I'm real you know, like the the riffs and the guitar part. I love that stuff. And I just felt it when I, in my experience, it's been a number of years now that just kind of overlooked because it was just based on lyrics. Is it still like that? Yeah. It is, you know, I think that um I think that we just, you know, we we talked a minute ago about how pop, you know, is a is a little more musical right now and takes a little more time to you know, in the studio say, Hey, let's mess with this guitar riff or let's go to this chord. And how do we get there? And let's do a creative ending. And I think some of that comes from the audience. I think that people love just a groove, a jam, you know, and I'm guilty of that. I am such your cliche female listener in a lot of ways. I love turning up just a, a song and having a groove that's one, four, five. And if it deviates from that chord progression, I'm kind of like, oh man, that felt so good. I want to go back to it. So I'm thankful for that gut intuition. You know, when, when that, when something feels good, I roll with it. But at the same time, I always try to, you know, musically say, okay, well, let's not just take the easy road. Let's add a little bit of cool stuff in here so that it's not boring. So, you know, if it works, it works, you know. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times and the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. Again, please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distillery, ID Chrysler, and the B-Dale Club. This is also a listener-supported podcast. If you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on this show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging in iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time.
Baby, all this arguing's been echoing around my head. We keep trying to get down to the reason, but we still ain't found it yet. Maybe it ain't you or me, just where the story is set. Or maybe we need to step away and take a break from it. We could be creaking, baby, this weekend. Cool it down before it gets any hotter. You can't be mad at me. Holding my hand with your feet in the water. We could be fishing, little bit of drinking. Maybe baby kisses, sunset sinking. What are we thinking? We could be creaking. We can stop and pick up ice Those fold-up chairs at the bottom of the stairs Yeah, they should do just fine Throw a pillow and a blanket in the back of your truck Just in case we stay all night Yeah, these four walls are closing in What you say we 